world is going through an expansion of consciousness, a changing of the ages, and many of us are on an awakening journey. I want to explore what all of this means and share people's personal stories so we can relate, enjoy the mystical experiences, and perhaps connect some more dots. Everyone's journey is completely unique. I'm your host, Wendy, and this is Light Always Wins. Today I have Megma Yira joining me and she is the Ego Alchemist on Instagram. She is an Ego Alchemy coach and she helps people through their awakening. I met her through Instagram and we just hit it off, definitely made like a deep soul connection and I feel that she is a very wise old soul. So I really uh, enjoyed this conversation with her and I hope you do too. Thank you so much for being here, Megma. It's uh, it's been funny trying to get our like time difference in line. So tell us where you live. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Wendy, and hi everybody. My name is Megma Hira, and I am a ego alchemy coach. It's basically what all the light workers are doing. Like helping people to get in touch with their spirituality and realizing that we are ultimately spiritual beings living these human narratives. And somewhere down the line, we got so lost in the narrative that we forgot our true reason to have this life to be here. And I am just right now stepping up to my mission and helping people to get back to their sense of spirituality, their connection to the source. I currently am living in Goa, which is a wonderful tropical state of India, it's towards the equator. I to, it's near the ocean and I love it here, but it gets a little too humid for some time. So yeah, but the pros and cons everywhere. But I moved here exactly, like almost like give or less like 10, five days. I moved here exactly one year ago. Uh, when my entire being was telling me that you need to leave the city and go somewhere close to nature and that will help you heal. And I'm so glad I listened to that. Mm, That's awesome. So um, tell us, how did your, what, how do you see your awakening journey? You know, when do you see it kind of starting or what were the big catalysts in that journey for you? Mm, I would say that it, my awakening has been going on for a really, really long time. And I think that is the case for many people out there that have heard their stories. But some major um, point uh, of that would be when I like went to college and that happened very instantaneously, like the plans changed and everything. And suddenly within a week, it was decided that I am going to a different state. But I was so excited because that state had mountains and everything. Mm -hmm. But I think that was my entry to more darkness. I was living for college and I expected my life to get better by me having more independence, making the right choices and stuff. But actually that step was kind of more downhill. Mm. But I, in my perception, I tried my best to be uh, good at my academics, you know, be active in college. I did a lot of extracurricular activities. I was popular and I was looked up to. So in a different perspective, I was doing my best. But um, even though I did not realize then, I was kind of descending even further down. Like I, that descent has started the moment I left home and went to college. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so clearly about going to art school. So that's funny. <laughs> wow. Uh, And yeah, at that time, it it did not seem like that I am going further away from myself. I had no clue that I was doing that. Mm -hmm. And something important happened in my college is uh, one of my teachers, he uh, is into Wicca religion. He does all this witchcraft and a lot of spells and he teaches people. And he told me uh, to illustrate some paintings for him. I never got to finish the project, but he said that, 
uh, if you do that, I can't offer you money right now, but I can teach you for free. I thought about it and I was very intrigued, but something inside me told that I wasn't ready yet. Mm. And I refused that. Like, I'm not ready yet because, and I think, I think I believe that I was right because at that point to me, uh, knowing magic, knowing witchcraft is to have an edge, to have, you know, little extra money to get your own way. But I'm glad that I did not start this journey from that perspective. And I waited to actually understand what magic is. Yeah, I feel like there's some, uh, we have to sort of work through the base emotions and, and sort of conquer some of our egotistical aspects, right? Before we dip our toes in the magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, at this point, I want to give a little backstory about my family and where I come from, because I think it plays a huge part in who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of your listeners do not, is not familiar with the story like me, because I culturally, geographically, I'm from a very different part of the world. Mm-hmm. So my parents, uh, we have like a nuclear family, it's just my parents and me. Uh, they got married and tried and did their best to build a life together and with me have that life together against all socio-economic odds. Uh, like they were rebels in their own time and they took step for what they believed in. But in the on the top of it also, like as I observed and later, you know, contemplated, they did, they took great steps to overcome certain generational you know, patterns and traditions, but they could not do it all. One generation can't heal the entire bloodline and that what I also saw reflected in them. Mm-hmm. But uh, the good part is like my mom was, uh, I mean, mom's side of the family was associated with spirituality, washing the divine uh, feminine and Durga and the Kali, all that. Mm-hmm. And so my father also got kind of into it and started Durga Puja every year. So we do that annually every year. We worship Devi Durga. And when you have like a setup like that, you can't help but wonder, like from a childhood, I have been close to these rituals and energies and uh, talks about, you know, spirituality. And I was very much drawn towards Egyptian symbolism, the gods and goddesses. Whenever there would be on the history channel, I would be like glued to the screen. Something in me like felt so connected towards it and now I, I think I understand why and I'm so glad uh, that uh, yeah where we are today uh, can I ask really quick I'm sorry okay. to interrupt but I also connect very deeply with Egyptian symbology and culture and in ancient Egypt why so you just said I think I understand why now what why is that you think um so I did not have a full-blown vision or something, but I do have a strong feeling that I have a past life with the ancient Egypt or the Atlantis, and I have a connection with Isis because that's what I believe. And I'll tell you, I'll come to that incident also, like uh, she has been asking me to work with her and follow the path of being a healer and healing other people. So I think this is where she actually guides me and that's what I believe. And I think that's why I was drawn to it. Um, One other thing then like Egyptian culture and history, and symbols other thing that changed my life and i'm so glad that i found it was harry potter like oh. harry potter and uh, uh, being in that world for me i was a very isolated shy kid i was i was like weird and today morning i was discussing with my mom like how i uh, like i am an autistic person like i have traits traits of an autistic person and and Sorry, now I understand that it was difficult back then I was in my own world. And I believed and wanted so much in my heart to be admitted in Hogwarts. And I believed in it. And today (laughs) I am in a world where yes, magic is real. I am interacting with, it's not exactly that cinematic experience, but I never expected that. But I knew that this is real. There is something that this can't be just fiction. 
I love that. That was a huge message that came through to me at one point was, and it was exactly what you just said. Magic is real. Um, which it pretty much changed my life when I had that confirmation, but okay. I didn't, I did. I had just had to ask you about Egypt. Yeah. And whenever I read all these different mythologies and now since I have been reading Manly P. Hall's book on the secret teachings of all the ages, I see how it's basically kind of started with Atlantis and like filtered down from civilization in ages to ages. It's the same thing. All the stories after that say, say the same thing that fall of the consciousness and then rise of the consciousness. It all like kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, coming back to the, so that was the major, when it started, okay. But I had no realization of what was happening. So I was very busy trying to be an adult, growing up, get a job, you know, move to other cities and all that. Mm, then I, I left a job that was getting very tedious. I came to, from Dehradun, that mountain state. Uh, I came to another city, the capital area of India, near Delhi, to work a job. And I worked there for about three years and it got very intense and too much. So I wanted to switch. And as I was switching this uh, job, it was a very uh, tough, squeezy time period. I was working for 12 hours and going for interviews. So it was very hard, but I landed a job that was perfect for me at that time. And I knew in those moments, you know the presence of universe, right? That it drops the perfect match when you are struggling and you don't know if you will make it through that, but it always works out. So right. it worked out and as I was uh, moving my locations, okay, and I remember I was sitting on this rented bike. So the way you can book cab in that city, if you wanted to spend even less, you can actually ask a biker to come and pick you up so i was on on the back of someone's bike and i had this feeling he yes i am excited about this new beginning but i'm i don't really know uh, where am i going so it's very uncertain and i feel very alone and scared and i started seeing cars passing with angel numbers like one after the other okay oh and wow and that time, as I remember it now, I already knew what what uh, angel number were. So I had started again getting the synchronicity and angel number. So I knew, okay, I'm seeing this again right when I'm in doubt. Mm-hmm. So I start this new life. I get a small apartment. It's small, but I'm living on my own. And basically, I am at a point in my life where I wanted to get. I have a very good job that I just landed the people there I like them they're very young and very cool very hype and I am basically have manifested a vision for myself that I thought I wanted Hmm. but I started becoming very sad very sad and I was so confused and baffled because I could not make sense of it yes everything was not perfect I did not have uh, everything that a person could want and nobody does that okay and I could make sense of that but I knew that at least from an outside perspective I am at a good place I wanted to get here then why do I feel so low and so disconnected it's got so bad that I would go to the office every day I had a small like 10 minute walk I would cry through the walk like pull myself back do my work crying bathroom breaks and I can't explain to anybody why am I like this and my friends are trying to cheer me up but they also can only do so much like they can only give you so much energy so it was very confusing and stuff and this is where like Wendy we do need to put the trigger warning is Mm -hmm. I was contemplating and the life did not make sense to me anymore. It did not. And I was contemplating to take my life. Hmm. But because I, I tried everything, okay? I, I tried to, but I am not feeling connected to this story or narrative. So I don't know how longer I can play this part. Mm-hmm. So I was not super upset with myself or somebody, but I just realized I can't 
continue like this. So what I realized, uh, what I said to myself, see, you got till 30, 30. And that time I was 24, 24, 25. Like you got uh, five, six years and you do whatever you think that can work, like trial and error, go crazy. If it doesn't work till 30, then we'll figure out a way to exit this simulation in a peaceful way. And my decision was not, there was problems like self-doubt and self-hate, like everybody is dealing with that, but it was not from intense self-hate. It was just from a place, I don't understand this life. I don't want to do this. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm 28 now, but I am pretty sure that my life has gone an entirely different direction than I, what I was imagining. So yeah. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> wow. But it was a crazy move, but it worked because after that, whatever felt nice, I would do that. I would go and explore whatever, you know, came in my way to find out what clicks. Mm -hmm. And that made me very brave because I like had nothing to lose. Of, like I have five years to make this thing work, to figure this thing out. Yeah. So that made me crazy brave. So yeah, I, uh, that was, yeah, I've never shared this uh, even to my friends about this, like on wow. a public podcast. Yeah, that, that I just realized it. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and open and sharing that with us. It did. Um, what was it that, that made you change your mind? Like, what was that turning point? that put you in that other direction? The other direction. I'm glad that you brought that up. But before I go into that uh, specific incident, okay. uh, I would say the comeback was very gradual. Okay. In the beginning, I did not see that I was making any difference. But after a while, when I look back, and I'm like, oh, like, this is working. <laughs> and... Uh, it happened mostly, it turned around in 2020 when we were in that lockdown and everything was like on fire and everything was shit. But at the same time, I was like connecting and following all the other light workers who were talking about New World and mm -hmm. suddenly life started to make sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I mean, it made sense to me. And it feels weird to say that out loud, but that's when I said, okay, this is going in a different direction and I think I can, you know, hop onto this train. Mm -hmm. But before the pandemic, and this is where I truly believe that ISIS is, was there to kind of change my direction, mm -hmm. is uh, one day I go to work, normal day, I'm in my highs and lows, I'm going to work and that day I have a little bit of fever. And it could be this ascension fever we talk about because it kind of lasted for a few hours and I was fine. And I go to the office, I'm feeling a little in my head, very light. And my friend comes, uh, Megma, uh, do you want to go out with me today? And like, we have a mission and like that. So she suggested that we should get tattoos. And that was my first tattoo. And I had no plan or, or idea what I should get. So she told me that you have two hours, figure out a design, it's a tattoo, it's going to be fine. <laughs> and the only thing that struck me, inspired me, was to get a blue lotus. Oh. This one. Yeah. And later I learned, like very recently after I got that, I learned that blue lotus is very close to Isis. Like it's one of her main symbols and representation. And I love that. <laughs> it's amazing that you didn't know that before. Like it was just this subconscious. I almost feel like it. You you knew it, but not consciously, right? Like yeah. it's somewhere in your memory, in your soul's memory. And definitely, because after getting that tattoo, I started to catch different things. You know, look at things from a higher perspective, and something switched after I got that tattoo. Mm. And in twenty twenty February. And pandemic wasn't real until that time, at least in India. And we were like saying it to go away. But in, in February, I got another tattoo, which like has a skull. And there's a handgun saying love and blowing the head into an universe. <laughs> and that's basically a very punk version of awakening with love. 
and and exactly that's how the entire year felt like and i was like oh my god this tattoo that will stay the story my entire story later. yes <laughs> that's so funny that's how i always thought of tattoos as well like i always thought i you know you saw i have a lot of them and i always used to say like I'm going to live this life with no regrets. You know, people were always like, don't get tattoos. Like you're going to regret it. And I was like, no, I, I vow to like, never regret anything, you know, because I believed that everything was to be learned from, you know? Yes. Yeah. I love the blue Lotus that the blue, you brought up the blue Lotus because, um, just this week I've been looking at, I found a, company that sells blue lotus oil and blue lotus flowers and I've been thinking about getting some do you remember when you got that tattoo like what month and stuff it was winter Uh so September November okay I was just curious because um at that time period like 2019 right uh Things for me were accelerating, like my uh, consciousness was expanding very quickly. And so I find it so fascinating that it seems like many of us were activated that winter. (laughs) Um, I wonder, you know, like, I don't know if that's just astrologically the blueprint of what was supposed to happen, but Mm you know, it felt accelerated to me. What about you? I know you said your your process was gradual, but at that point, do you feel like things? No, it was a whole new ball game after 2019. 2019 yeah. after it was a whole new ball game because before that I knew that uh, I'm kind of intuitive. I am different from other people, and from time to time I have incidents that is not very normal. But mm-hmm. after 2019, is like that was a small part of my identity now it became like a larger part of my identity and isolated me from my immediate reality mm-hmm. yeah. does that like sense? Yeah. yeah yeah and when you were like sort of at your lowest and and just like contemplating like what is this why you know did you seek any help or anything or did you sort of more go within or like you know how I'm just so curious. I know you said you started to do things that just felt good. That did that just kind of come naturally, or did you have an uh, internal spiritual guidance? I'm curious how you sort of, yeah, how you dealt with that. So uh, when I decided, he, I don't like my life, so I need to try to kind of figure out how to love life before I turn thirty. I started saying to all the parties and friends and stuff so I started going out having fun and for a year or so I was going out but then again that was not resonating with me I was getting even darker the more I was actually trying the harder it was getting Mm. and um, it happened uh, sorry um, what was the question can you like oh I was just asking like what did you go did you seek outside help or did this did you find internal guidance? Like, I was just curious how, or was it just that mind switch of, I'm going to figure it out? So I, that was definitely my biggest point that I am supposed to figure this out on my own mostly. And Mm -hmm. I started doing things and uh, it happened, especially the help that I got was from Instagram, to be honest, to be able to connect listen to other people that and then I didn't feel alone or crazy or that I'm being psychotic and totally out of my mind that's when I started feeling better but when you become aware and shedding this past it ripples out in your external so I was having a lot of problems with my friendships relationships and even my job so a lot of things was very troublesome and I was also shifting cities and it was so much pressure so I did seek out help I talked to a professional therapist but the moment I did it I knew that she's a good friend 
and having those regular conversation and just having somebody to talk with mm -hmm. did help but there was this whole gap of understanding and lack of you know communication around awakening and what's happening inside right. and I could not connect with her on that level and I felt that you know that missing piece yeah yeah I can totally understand that wow that's amazing and you know I also can't help but think like man thanks thank you Instagram like <laughs> so many of us have connected through Instagram even though it's like also the machine and it's perpetuating a lot of not so great stuff at least it's provided this platform for a lot of us to find each other you know yeah yeah and Instagram gave me my entire you know, next phase of my life because what I am doing right now is became, becoming more prominent on YouTube and Instagram and talking about this stuff because that whole feeling, that helpless feeling when I was going to a therapist who had the best intention in her heart for me, but she was not able or capable to help me in the way I wanted to be helped. And yeah. I believe that I was meant to go through that process alone and struggle a bit alone because I can help people now people yeah. because this is a ripple effect awakening it has just started that's what I believe and I also see this as light worker mission that everyone is like kind of mapped up to a group of camp and you kind of have to you know uh, help and guide some of these people and let that revolution and energy cascade and avalanche Yes. It's that, it's that wounded healer, right? It's like, um, I just think it's kind of amazing. It's like, we learn to heal ourselves by rediscovering our soul, you know, and it's just like, we're all trying to help lead each other back to that, you know, cause that is for me. I mean, that was ultimately where I found healing on my own journey was just like realizing that, this earth plane and 3d realm is not it like it's not the only thing that exists you know yeah. and um it's wild to me too because I was just thinking this morning I was walking outside and I was the moon was in the sky still this morning and like the brook is really high here because the snow is melted and I'm just like looking around and I'm like how could you ever deny that magic is real. I mean, look around you. Like when you're in nature, this yeah. is amazing. Like how the hell did it get here? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but then it's, that's so funny, that concept of what is oh. real, what is not real, you know? And then you just realize that there really are no limits. It's, it's whatever we can imagine. I mean, where does your imagination come from anyway? You know? There really is. There's so much magic to be seen here, but it's just wild how for so long we've been blind to it, you know? Yeah. And I know there's probably good reasons for it. And it's all just a part of this never ending story, right? <laughs> like you were saying, the cycles of like Atlantis and Egypt, the rise and fall of civilizations. Um, it seems like there is just this, there's some sort of template for evolution, I think that uh, that's why we have to go through all these challenges and and come back up. It's like because there's something new learned each time, right? And maybe that's even on, you know, it's on the individual uh, microcosm, and it it also reflects in the larger macrocosm of a collective civilization. But um, but. What was, so what have like, what is, what have things been like for you since 2019, like since this sort of acceleration? Okay. So in 2019, when it started, I was working as a software programmer and I was running software for a startup company. And today, like last December, I quit my job and like I'm not going to do um, this anymore. And uh, I'm going to start my own thing. I'm going to follow my call and start my mission. So that's basically the summary of it. But the journey was insane because 
I I have been a person who like takes risk and decides intense uh, like instantly that I'm gonna do this massive task and nobody can uh, stop me. Uh, I know you are very good with astrology. I don't know how to, but I have like Taurus placement, so I have that. You know, I'll break through the walls if I need to. <laughs> um, <laughs> um 2019 i got activated and oh my god this reminds me of this uh, beautiful story so i got activated i connected back to you know magic and witchcraft and rituals and the moon so whatever problems i ever have in my life if i go up in the terrace on the full moon or any moon night and basically scream at her ki hey are you even like looking down here i'm miserable i i always an answer or some clarity or some energetic relief always comes wow i was with a, a good friend on my terrace and we were basically bitching about our office work and and how like it's like slavery and stuff and we were under the full moon night and we were like enjoying out there and we were like screaming and howling like wolves and saying can't do this corporate shit <laughs> and Two months later, the whole world shuts down, and uh, and me and my friends are oh my god, we like made Corona happen. <laughs> you felt like you like made it happen. <laughs> But then, then I realized actually it was not just two of us. I mean, there are so many souls out there crying out the same thing. Can't do this matrix shit. We need to get back to our you know basics. Yes, totally. <laughs> So and after that, like after the pandemic started, and I was totally into like connecting with the elements, connecting with nature, building a meditation habit, and mostly twenty twenty to twenty twenty was purging. Like I was purging, crying on the floor, getting up, feeding myself, crying again. So I think the entire year was like that. Yeah. Wow. So you were talking also about how. Um... There's like a lot of generational trauma uh, in your family and stuff. And what has come up for you, if you don't mind me asking, like what has come up for you and what have you had to heal? Okay, so uh, I actually had like two things about healing, like self healing journey that I wanted to share. And the first one is about the uh, ancestral and generational trauma. and honestly i haven't figured it out all but i think a big part of it has to do with uh, being a woman first of all and in in india i'm sure and even in many parts of the world women are raised like you are supposed to you know be a good girl and go to another family and take care of them so i think there is this multiple breakpoints where we lose connection to our actual ancestry like where are am i from mm-hmm. because sometimes girls are raised in a way that you don't even belong to your own blood family from the childhood you feel that you are something that they are waiting to give you away now not my parents or everybody parents especially in my generation did this kind of parenting but there is this whole generational pattern that you know blocks that uh, information that ancestral information mm. and moreover uh, the time the time i was born and the family lines i was born to the good parts was like erased and lost much like what is about our world's history the good things are are, are lost and whatever is le- left with diseases and families broken breaking down wealth being lost uh, uh, throughout the generation and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i have never been like very close to any side of my parents families uh, but i have from a distance watched this pattern play out and i know there is so much that i am here to like stop like this does not get passed through my dna mm-hmm. at all mm. and there is a lot of history and suppressed most of the things i don't know as as like you know conversation or confirmation but i know deep inside my body that there is a lot of sexual abuse and 
trauma that is there that I am also like working through. Mm-hmm. And uh, but when I'm talking about my you know ancestors, there is one person that I should mention is um, Sri Sri Satyadev. So he is my mother's grandfather. He passed really early. So I never saw him. My mother never saw him. But he was a very enlightened person. Like he was enlightened in his days. And he is what who started the whole spiritual sect in my mom's side of family. So I do feel his blessings and support uh, all the time. And he is encouraging me so much to step up as a spiritual teacher. Because uh, in our culture, even though India and uh, Hindu cultures are so rich in spirituality, they have so much rituals and practices even to this day. But women have been like very much kept away from it. They are not allowed to be head priests or priestess. Mm -hmm. And they are not allowed to do, you know, big uh, ceremonies and stuff and kind of made feel that they are not worthy of those positions. So those kind of deep, deep generational programming is still there. And I had a very hard time stepping up into my mission work because Mm -hmm. I did not feel worthy of being a light worker and helping humanity. That Mm -hmm. seems like, no, I'm just me kind of a thing. That sounds similar to like the witch wound that people talk about very often. And it's, it sounds like I definitely feel like those witchy vibes with you talking about being interested in magic and witchcraft and stuff, you know? Yeah. um, Thank you for saying that because that's what, you know, baffled me too. Like, why am I so drawn to these things? And from a young age, I have believed them to be true so much that I never discussed my beliefs with others because I know people would just laugh at me. Mm -hmm. And, but I don't have a proper, you know, a lineage or a family tree to find out if this witchcraft was somewhere in my bloodline I don't know but after a point I don't need to find out because now I know that at least I am in this life is meant to be a part of this journey yeah yeah and I gotta tell you I'm amazed by how much content you make like you just to me I feel like you're so inspired which is like amazing. I wish that I had like the same capacity as that you do. It's amazing. Like, how does that stuff come through you? Do you just feel this like, I mean, and also hearing you say you were sort of afraid to step up. I'm amazed that you, you do so much. And so often, how does that come through you? Like what, what is that drive for you? Okay, so um, I'm sorry, I got a little emotional when you said that uh, content because I have been like pushing myself really hard to, you know, step up and be like produce, produce every day, create and spread the message out there. I'm, I'm like, I'm so glad that you're noticing it. <laughs> it means a lot. Um, um, but yeah, so when I was like feeling unworthy of doing this, my thoughts were around people are already doing this. Okay, then why do I need to step up? Like how, what could I bring to the table? And be, there are so many amazing teachers like Phil, like Laurie, like Teals one, and they are doing such amazing and their transmission just like blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And why do they need me? Like, am I like being too cocky about this? Mm-hmm. But then I realized is not everybody can digest the language Phil or Teal is speaking. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be people in the middle to water it down further so that it can trickle down in lowest you know levels of the humanity masses and becomes ingrained in even in the you know basic ground level. Yeah. So, yeah. And when I accepted that that I am not here to speak like big words, but to water those big concepts down, uh, it gave me a purpose. It made sense. It was a lot less pressure. And yeah, now I enjoy doing that. And I realized as a kid, like I told, I was shy. I was in my world. I used to like making videos. So I would take photos from our cameras, from trips and stuff and make a, you know, video of the trip. 
and I'm like, oh my god, this doesn't even feel like work because this was used to be my, you know, playtime thing. Oh, um, I love that so much. Yeah. yeah, and also it's really interesting to hear you say that you're watering it down. And I'm not saying that what you have to say sounds complicated, but what you have to say is it's just so pro- like the messages are so profound, you know? And I mean, that's no, it's not a surprise because, you know, you're divinely guided or that's what you're trying to put out there. But um, I, the term watered down is not what I would use because I feel like it's all so juicy and like useful, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. But the end point is like, like I said, I think before there is a group of people mapped to me mm-hmm. who can only receive transmission for me. I need to put that transmission out there so that they can receive it. Similarly, there are other people who are mapped to other light workers, but my transmission, my voice is uh, needed there. Yeah. And when I accepted that, that gave me so much, you know, passion to do this. And another thing, a simple, you know, uh, way to look at this is all this online platform, social media that we have is a place to put and kind of cement our thoughts and visions in. Like you post every day about new earth, new times coming, we are healing, we are healing, keep saying that and, you know, fill the internet with that, you know, and basically that's how basically don't leave any space for the, you know, darkness or for the, you know, the bullshit, the control and stuff. I love that perspective. And it's also like what you're just saying too, is like putting out positive affirmations for people, you know, like if you are reading positive things, it's like going to affect the rest of your day. And I, yeah, I just love that. Cause there is a lot of, I mean, I don't know about you. You're probably the same way as me where like, I've filtered out a lot of stuff that just doesn't serve me. Like I like to stay aware of what's going on, but only to a certain extent because I'm not trying to perpetuate the chaos, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What kind of people do you feel like probably relate to you? Do you have an idea or do you just think it's like a lot of people that, I don't know. I'm wondering like, could it be soul family Could it be just people who've been through similar experiences as you, or do you have a specific thing in mind for like who you may be speaking to? Um, Yes, like, no. Uh, (laughs) So the thing is like two answers to things, I think as far as I see it right now, honestly, like I haven't got it figured out. I'm just basically putting my voice there and hoping people who are supposed to hear it and you know catch on to it will in the same way that I got connected to certain influencers and teachers online and found my way through Um, but uh, uh, the soul family the people who relate to me and is easy to talk to open up and the conversations are just flow are like people like you and Brittany that I'm connecting to and it's easy to relate and talk to. And I think that's my soul family. And I'm excited okay. to meet more people in that circle. Yeah. But right now, I think the people who are receiving the message and transmissions from me are people who do not see them as spiritual. Like say mm-hmm. uh, they are so blind to the fact that everybody is spiritual. Because I think in the mass media, the spirituality in especially in I think Indian texts and the television, the spiritual person is given a persona who has sacrificed and renounced every luxury in life and gone to some uh, tree, uh, beneath some tree and you know, like Gautam Buddha. He was an amazing person in his time, but that image just stuck with people so much that they do not see them as spiritual. And I think at least, in this chapter of my life, they are the ones I'm addressing to and I'm calling to. You think too less of yourself and, and you are basically amazing cosmic beings. Yeah. It's so interesting. It feels like um, this life, everything that we're going through is like a huge initiation for humanity, like collectively, you know, like the 
the whole COVID thing. Like, I feel like that was this opportunity for us to really face our fears, like face the fear of death. And, um, and it, it's just so interesting. We, we weren't raised with these initiations, you know, like there was no, for me, I did, I did not feel prepared, uh, for the journey of life, you know, like I would, it's like, we were, initiated into materialism and working and making money and like that kind of area of life rather than okay like uh this is when you start to sort of drop the um knowledge you came in with and now we're you know here's what you're about to learn and then here's mm-hmm. like your sexual initiation and then here's when you leave the home and like all of that stuff I feel like has, has been lost. But what's funny is that I almost feel like now the initiations are becoming something different. You know, it's not like going to the pyramid and laying in the sarcophagus and like all of that. It's, it's automatically being ingrained into like everything that's happening. I feel like, you know, I feel like that's why there's this like mass awakening because we really need it. And, um, I just see a lot of the chaos as opportunities for people to sort of come to that self-realization. What do you think? Yeah, I actually that I was actually recording a video today on the dark night of the soul and, and that's whatever you described right now, like that word is what came up. Is dark night of the soul are so scary and so uncomfortable and the first few times you think you are not going to make it out alive like or you would just crack under the pressure and not never recover uh, but that kind of leads to the breakthrough and if you really work through whatever is surfacing up not trying to suppress it or judge it or shun it away if you can work through those it's gold on the other side and I think what you're saying and we are I think agreeing on that the humanity is in on such a you know process mm-hmm. of basically working through the chaos and reaching the you know eye of the storm and stuff yeah do you feel hopeful for the future yeah How are you feeling yeah okay yeah I do I do because I believe in the work so much. I believe because why I feel hopeful is for the simple reasons. Like we know in our community, all those who have been initiated that if we put out a particular thought of particular energy, that energy in the quantum field will materialize. It will solidify and become a reality. And we are stepping up every day and putting out the good stuff, putting out our vision for a cohesive, loving, community-based planet. And it will take a lot of time. And I am not sure if I would be able to see it in this lifetime or how it exactly will go because I don't want to be having just rosy glasses and it's not a magic wand and it's sometimes get really intense but I'm sure this is happening because this is way bigger than you and me and some bunch of people is consciousness evolving and we are just evolving with it and I think probably my ego is going like oh my god I'm helping with this revolution (laughs) no it's a soul it's a it's a soul level what is the word I'm looking for I just lost it um (laughs) It's a soul calling, but it's stronger than that. It's your mission. Like you just know deep down and and yeah, the ego can kind of inflate things, but um, I think good good way. And that's why, you know what I name my whole coaching and programming name ego alchemy is because what I, what my message is to work with your ego. Don't hate it. Don't demonize it. Ego is basically just your identity. It is meant to be malleable and flexible. Mm-hmm. And you are just to basically, it's your beautiful altar. Your ego is your altar and you are supposed to decorate it, expand it, evolve it. And yeah. But um, yeah. I was just saying, I love that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I said, as a joke that my ego may be inflated, but it is actually at least pushing me in the right direction. 
Mm-hmm. And let's say if I take it for granted that consciousness is evolving and expanding and my contribution doesn't matter, that's a false belief too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, evolving because we are putting out this, making that shift happen, pooling. And if everybody today, all the light workers and all the awakened people think, okay, this is out of my hand and we are, why am I even participating in this? The whole thing will go for a toss on the other side. So that's yeah. my play. No worries. Um, yeah, it's like a part of sort of becoming conscious of this life journey and your soul and everything is you you become aware that you have free will, you know, and then it's like that divine will gets worked in there too. But it's like, okay, so really you can you can ask yourself, like get really real with yourself, like what do I want to create? And it just so happens when you are in touch with that, like higher self, usually whatever you want to create, like you said, you love making videos. You've loved that since a child, but it's also offering a service. That's what I think so beautiful is that like, you can really follow your joy and what lights you up and be of service. Like that is your service to humanity is shining in your, your own unique way. So I'll, yeah, that's interesting too. I love how you said the ego is your altar. I like, I have to write this down and, and really think on that and think, how would I, how would I decorate mine? You know? <laughs> mm, what were you saying? Like just before you uh, said this, oh my God. <laughs> uh, oh, I wanted to add something now I forgot. Yeah, about um, when I was talking about the do it following your joy. Yes, uh, the okay. purpose and like making videos. The funny thing is, like I used to do it as a child, but I never found a you know career-wise purpose for it. So I I did it like on the side, never pursued, and did, never wanted to become a videographer or something. Mm-hmm. I used to love to teach also, like I to play, you know, that I'm teaching and explaining concepts to people and all that got lost and I just thought that they were like childish wishful you know play thingies mm-hmm. uh, and I just went into the you know doing a job and getting a better job and all that more but it all came back to me and I am like baffled like oh my god things that I never paid attention to is basically you know coming back to me and you know making this whole picture of who I am today and that's incredible yeah and I want to add this perspective to the part where I said that I started becoming very upset with my life and I was contemplating of either I figured this out or I quit. Uh, but after I got the statue, I also uh, realized that even though things are getting darker and even more difficult, I was more susceptible to the beauty of nature of the universe like simple miracles would I would catch them and be so mesmerized and you know that's how it started shifting like I was less sad and less like hold down by my personal trauma and problems but a little butterfly would like cheer me up instantly so yeah yeah. oh I love that so much there's like it's yeah, it's just like I was saying earlier. There's just so much magic if you just choose to to observe it. Like stop, slow down, take a deep breath, get all the bullshit out of your mind, right? And then just like yeah. really be like, okay, if I'm present right now and I'm not thinking about all of this external stuff, I'm really okay. You know, like I'm safe. I'm I'm good. (laughs) Crazy. It's just, I like that too, the the alchemy part in your name, because I feel like that's alchemization as well, is like filtering out the, what do they say? It's like burning off the dross or the, I don't know, the calcination. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have to ask you too, with the, the alchemist part, um, is that something that you've been interested in the process of alchemy? Yeah. So like I said, like 
attracted and totally invested in whatever Egyptian and magic. There is this anime called Full Metal Alchemist that takes these concepts and magic and basically there's a whole narrative. I was like, I was more interested and even in Harry Potter, I was very more much more interested in the magic stuff. Like there is laws to it, there is rules to it and there is an exchange. But uh, obviously like uh, alchemy is not like literally turning lead into gold. And then I found the podcast Know Thyself and they do such a wonderful job explaining it and it made sense. And yes, then that's when I thought that Ego Alchemist would be the perfect name because what I, my message is that you have an ego and identity that has accumulated all this lead and dross and junk and you through the process of alchemy, you go and you know transmute each one of this into light and become a more lighter, brighter version of yourself. Mm. That's so nice. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to mention or, or talk about? Yeah, I actually have a couple if that's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, so uh, one other thing that I wanted to like share was my journey with a healing journey with PCOS. So for those who are not aware, PCOS is polycystic ovary syndrome. So the cyst, uh, you know, forms in ovary, it hampers with the menstrual cycle and uh, gives you hormonal imbalances and all the works. It's, it's not a pretty, you gain weight, you become moody and all the, you know, medicines that they prescribe are, are poison to your body. Like they do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. So I, when I left for college, that was the same time I was diagnosed with this. Mm-hmm. And as a uh, side effect, I also had high levels of thyroid, which made me lose memory. Oh. And yeah, so that's why like the graduation, like high school exam was very difficult for me. And I was very scared because I was a brilliant student and I was a topper of the class. And suddenly I did not have memory of the simple, you know, answers and stuff. So anyway, so I was diagnosed with that. I was very much overweight. I was very lethargic and all that thing. But today, and this has been a few years now, that I am completely healed. And I did not do any extreme uh, regimen or, you know, uh, healing thing. I just keep persisting that this is not something that I'm going to carry on forward in my life. I'm not going to live with this disease. I don't know. I didn't know what I was doing, but I would try and make healthier choices. I would, for a few months, force myself to work out daily and stuff like that. And there has been ups and downs. And it was not a very, I can't give you a clear-cut formula, but to persist and believe that uh, I am not going to be sick, it it really worked for me. And Mm -hmm. one small example that I can uh, explain how I persisted is, uh, I'm very clumsy and I'm a very, you know, my brain is scattered most of the time so i am not a person who remembers to take medicines prescribe medicines so i used to forget my pills very often but i would never fret about it like i forgot because my body knows i don't need it mm-hmm. and that might sound crazy to a medical professional but to me it made sense and to and this day i can vouch for that you know placebo effect i don't need it that's why i forgot about it <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. So it's basically like, almost feel like you were just training yourselves. Like you're just telling them like, no, this is not going to, this is not going to stay. It's got to go. Yeah. Yeah. It has to go. Uh, <laughs> I was assured like, this is something, this, uh, you know, syndrome or disease that with a healthier lifestyle, uh, less stress and all the, you know, the basically living uh, life in think with the nervous and endocrine system it can be healed so i had that knowledge and hope and i knew that this is supposed to work it's not something uh, uncurable uh, but it's tough and i see a lot of people still struggling with it and it is totally totally curable wow so i want to put that out yes you know yeah thank you was there anything else I feel like yeah, you have to last, yeah. last thing. <laughs> and, and I am 
compelled to mention this because uh, my dedication and my respect and everything to what we are going through together, what we are calling the age of Aquarius, the onset of this new uh, phase in humanity. And I have a specific memory of learning about age of Aquarius totally thought it was fictitious but like harry potter and magic i believe it was true because you know you unlock memory and they stick with you some for some reason you believe that this thing is true so uh, i read the vinci code by dan brown mm-hmm. and he is an occultist and he has done some incredible work and his works of fiction is is basically has his own encoded messages and basically switches you to actually critically look at things because the story he has spent with all these real artifacts and real places is amazing. Mm-hmm. So in his uh, book, The Vinci Code, he mentions that, uh, you know, the Sophia, uh, the story of Sophia and Mary Magdalene and how her secret, her bloodline and that she was a thing, the divine feminine needs to get out. Uh, and that's what Age of Aquarius about it. The, the story in the book ended and went in a very different direction. But the fact that a character is like saying and yelling that it's time now and humanity needs to know they're ready, that I believe in that too. And I am really surprised and you know so blessed to be living in that reality that uh, you know a 14 year old or something believed to be true that yes age of Aquarius and I am an Aquarius and only through at one point of my life only through reading this uh, astrological traits and stuff made me feel understood and I, I always related to this archetype and I was so excited for this and I'm so still excited for us yeah, I think I, yeah, and it, it's it makes sense that you're an Aquarius, and it also makes sense that you're saying like it made you feel like you fit in somewhere, you know, because the Aquarius is like it's about future, you know, like the future and humanity, and it's a little alien like, you know, it can be a little detached and have trouble like finding their friends and things, you know. So you're like, this is my time. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) There's a book um, written by Barbara Han Clow that's called, uh, well, it's actually a trilogy, but I've read one of the books so far. It's called Revelations of the Age of Aquarius. And it's exactly what you're talking about. She goes into talking about Mary Magdalene and how um, Jesus had a wife and kids and things. And um, I actually just watched an interview with her last night uh, on Gaia with Regina Meredith. And she said that there was a tomb discovered um, where Jesus and Mary Magdalene and their children were buried. And um, this has been blocked from the mainstream media and everything, but like you can go visit it in Israel And that just blew my mind because it's like all of this stuff, the veil is thinning and all of these um, things that have been made secret, it it seems are starting to emerge, you know, with this divine feminine energy. So I love that you mentioned that because I do think it's just been an imbalance for a really long time of like a lot of masculine. And actually I shouldn't, I shouldn't say, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, oh, it's all about the patriarchy and they're really kind of like hating on the masculine. It feels like I actually feel like it's this imbalance of both. It's like we are been living out like the shadow of each for a long time. I, I absolutely like that because uh, if if you like if we focus on the inversion of divine masculinity where instead of protecting they are attacking but there has been inversion of the divine feminine where instead of nurturing and building communities there has been a trend of you know jealousy between women mm-hmm. and competing that has been up for a long time and after a long period of time now we are seeing women after the feminism whole movement happened women started to come back together and realized because in ancient cultures that what women did they they were the backbone and the you know waves 
behind the entire community, their relationship with each other helps the entire community. And if you pit women against women, then that's the end of the you know the whole society. I also think that what you're saying about pitting women against women, I think there's also a strategy to pit pitting women against men as well. You know, like how we see like it's all like I was saying, people are complaining about the patriarchy and stuff, which yes, I I get it. Like it's not the best model, but mm-hmm. I think it's also another tactic to to just cause more division, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the feminist movement was necessary to, you know, become aware of mm-hmm. what has been an imbalance, where yeah. some sect do take it too far and that's where you discern this is not healing anymore. This is doing the opposite of healing and you stop there. Yeah. 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 I feel like it, it also, it was like an amazing opportunity, but then it also led to a lot of women just automatically kind of going into, oh, well now we both need to work jobs. And like, you know, it's kind of interesting. It's like everything just kind of has a way of, um, knocking out a balance, but it's for a reason. It's so that we can, we can find the way to bring it back, you know, and, and go forward with learning something new. And I think like, it's just like coming up right now and something that I try to embody is being androgynous is uh, even though I do identify as a woman, but in my expression, in my behaviors, I I can, you know, go from being very feminine and very, like that sometimes to be very masculine and very strong sometimes like mm-hmm. everybody can do that and mm-hmm. i think we are meant to do that from time to time from situation to situation and we need to embrace that qualities within us rather than saying you know one against the other because it's not the point basically yes thank you for bringing that full circle that's such a good point Absolutely. And that's totally, that's the alchemical marriage as well. You know, having both sides, the masculine and the feminine. Wow. Well, thank you so, so much for this, Megma. I really, really appreciate it. Um, And how can people find you? Okay. So you can definitely find me on Instagram. The handle is ego.alchemist. And I am most, you know, active there. You can, you know, comment on my post or DM me and I would be available unless I'm sleeping. Uh, And the other thing that I have recently started and pushing out content is on my YouTube. And I am basically explaining all my stuff. If somebody uh, basically contact me on my Instagram for now, my website is coming up, but it's uh, kind under the works. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, Yeah, I really appreciate it. This was amazing. Thank you so much, Wendy. I had a blast. Yeah, me too. Thanks for listening. And since we recorded this episode, Magma launched her website. So you can find her at egoalchemist.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram at light.alwayswins. And if you could leave us a review, if you enjoy this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it. Until next time, remember... Light always wins.